Hello, you're listening to Good Mom, Bad Words, the podcast. Please don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms that will be listed at the end of this episode. Please don't forget you can also email me at gmombwords at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and joining us on our podcast journey, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to Good Mom, Bad Words. I'm Therese and you guys have listened to me for a few years now so I appreciate you guys. We're opening up season three and I'm really excited to do this with you guys again this year. Last year was an absolute horror show, trash can fire, and this year is going to be way, way better and I'm ready for it. I'm really excited about it. Um, today's episode's gonna be really fun because I have a guest, which is my first real guest. We'll count my sister as a fake guest. She wasn't real. She was just my sister. (laughs) And and it is my daughter's foster mom, who is actually our family member now. We made her our daughter's godmother, and, uh, she ain't going nowhere, and neither are we, so... She's going to be on our episode today, and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Pretty random, probably, throughout it. Um, just, like, discussion stuff, but it'll be fun, and hopefully this will be the first of many times we can do this. So, let's get started. <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> okay, so we're already giggling, we're already laughing. Um, but yeah, so I'm just going to have you kind of introduce yourself. They know all about me. I talk about myself all the time. So, <laughs> let's talk about you. All right. Well, hi everybody. I'm Ashley. I um, I'm the same age as Therese. I'm putting our ages out there. Sorry, yeah. I'm 33. We're old. I think <laughs> I say that out loud, and then I'm like, am I? <laughs> 33. Um, I have been. Me and my husband John were foster parents. We actually just closed our house, so we are no longer fostering. But we were foster parents for four years, and Aria was our very first love um we have fostered three girls total um we each each girl we brought home from the hospital and each girl left our house just after their first birthday um it's super coincidental that we've had all girls that was not like i was gonna say you were like the epitome of like a full-on girl mom not planned at all (laughs) it's just how it worked out um but yeah, so we have adopted our daughter. So it's me, John, and Raquel, and we have a dog, old man Theo. He's nine, and um, we live just a couple hours away. We're from Toledo, so um, yeah. And we have, like Teresa said, we've become family. Teresa and I have like a creepy amount in common. It's our really lives weird. are bizarrely the same. It's very weird. So we've connected. Um, really well and it was just like an instant friendship from literally like the first day we met I knew that she was good so that's how I felt with you and the really funny thing is is that I told our I tell our story to people all the time because Mm -hmm. first of all our story is very rare Mm -hmm. like super (laughs) this is not a typical yes foster parent and reunification story at all like in any way number one the reunification for Aria isn't typical either because it's more it's with biological family Mm -hmm. but not with parents Mm -hmm. so that's one thing that's a little atypical but is also pretty common Uh, you're still biological you're very distant yes yeah 
So it's a little bit Which different. Is a little more uncommon. Yeah, so it's a little bit more uncommon because we're not like first cousins even or, or like an aunt or, yeah. or something like that. Um, but also the fact that we get along at all or communicate the amount that we do, which is like pretty much once a week I would say on average. Yeah. Um, we have some kind of communication or like when our c- girls do something really exciting or even Kobe because yeah, he's grown I love to like Kobe. love Kobe. Yes. So he's our He's my honorary <laughs> baby son. <laughs> right. Baby son, god nephew, whatever. I don't know. He's just He's a fun one in general. Yeah. He's a good time. But it's fun because it is so different. Mm-hmm. But when I tell people our story, people are just like, whoa. Like, mm-hmm. that's like a Hallmark movie type <laughs> situation. Because it's not, like, encouraged, really. No. Like, in the foster care system, they, like, might say, oh, try and get along with the, you know, family or whatever. But really, it's not encouraged. Yeah. And it's sad. I definitely it don't think there's enough training out there for foster parents or even just biological family because when I went in and being completely blunt and honest I was terrified Mm -hmm. of you guys Mm -hmm. like I was scared everyone from every side of my family people I trust and listen to my whole entire life Mm -hmm. were like oh don't get close to them like they're gonna want to take her away like the whole point of their their foster journey especially after they um CPS kind of communicated with us about how you guys wanted to adopt and had planned to adopt Aria, which I don't know if I've really told anybody that, but that was really your guys' plan because mm-hmm. they dropped the ball on her. Her case was yeah. a total fire. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which aren't they all are. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. That's just That's crazy. not uncommon, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> but uh, they were telling me to just, like, not trust you guys, and I was like, I kept thinking, telling Mike, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go into this, and I'm just going to have my own opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to form my own opinion. And I went in guarded because, obviously, I didn't well, know. Well, so did we. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were, and I think that first visit was very awkward and weird. Yeah. But when we left, we cried. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as we so got we. in our car, we were like, we really like them. Mm-hmm. Like, And then we felt guilty. We're like, oh, we're Aww. taking her from yeah. these wonderful people. <laughs> and we're just like, it was really, really hard. But it turned out exactly the way it was supposed to. And it mm-hmm. couldn't have gone any better at all. Like, yeah. it was really hard. The beginning was definitely scary. Terrifying. But, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, we really built a huge family and foundation Mm -hmm. and like our kids love each other yeah even though we live so far away and we only see each other like a few times a year sometimes more sometimes less well of course because right after she left covid yeah hopefully no more covid (laughs) then (laughs) maybe our children could be less sick (laughs) going to daycare is super duper fun but i think it's just really neat that we were able to create the bond that we did because again that isn't common Mm -mm. it's not it's very rare Yep. And Aria even knows how rare that is because I talk to her about it often. Mm-hmm. And I always we always talk about how we picked our family. Yeah. And she just thinks that's the coolest thing in the yeah. entire world. Like, when she goes to school, she talks about her whole family. Yeah. She's got Aunt Ashley and Uncle John. And I will tell you, she forgets your guys' names all the time. 
it's okay. But but then she, because she likes a lot to of call you, to remember. she likes to call you Aunt John because you know, you know. she loves John. I know, of course, she loves you. She does. <laughs> Everybody always likes John more than. But me. she is like a, definitely like a daddy's girl. So mm-hmm. she loves Mike and she loves John. Yeah. And she loves her papa. Yeah. And she is definitely that girl. But she knows who she can wrap around her finger and who she can get away with yep. stuff with. That's not me. And Ashley wouldn't let her do it either. <laughs> She she knows who actually puts their foot down, and it's not the men, I'll tell you that. Um, Yeah, so we're going to pause here for a second, just so we can insert a beautiful ad that you guys get to hear my beautiful voice on, and then we will come back. It was recording, and and then it it wasn't. Now it is, and it's just listening to me (laughs) talk about it. It's cool. See, all is well. (laughs) Anyways, our favorite thing to do in the world is talk, so we're going to keep doing that again um i don't know what are some things uh trying to think well you want i know you wanted to talk about how we got into fostering yeah that's that would be a really good place to start i think yeah so um we me and my husband have been married for 13 years um And we wanted, we really wanted to have kids, and we tried and tried, did all the things, couldn't have biological kids. Um, I actually used to work for our local agency um, as, like, a secretary, and um, I never thought I would foster after working there. I'm like, no way. And then um, we had some family members that fostered, and they adopted, and we were like, okay, yeah, we're going to do foster to adoption, which... Now I like, I hate that term. Yeah. Um, I've learned about a lot of the trauma that goes along with adoption and fostering. And, but starting out, we were the people that were hoping to adopt. We were like, we're going to foster and we're going to adopt. And we knew that reunification was strongly recommended, but we kind of thought like, oh yeah, we support that. But we'd, you know, we'd like to adopt. We didn't, going into it, you think you understand. And then until you're in it, you just... You don't understand until you're in it. So um, that was our goal. So you have to go through a ton of classes, home study, like all all this paperwork, a lot of stuff. So we did that. We got licensed. And then um, our first – it took us a long time to get our first call for um, a foster placement. Typically, you, like, see on – you know, they're always like, we need foster parents. We need foster parents. And when you become a foster parent, you fill out all this paperwork and you get to choose, like, who and what you're willing to foster. So you don't have to foster 0 to 18. Like, our house was open to 0 to 2. Boy, girl, long list of, like, medical things we were willing to take on or whatever. Um, But you can be very specific also for fostering. Um, But the most common ages to foster are 0 to 2. Yeah, because a lot of people are going in. Like you said, yeah. hoping to adopt. Wanting to adopt, yes. So there is, I, I do think that there is a huge need, there is, for foster parents, for older kids, for larger sibling groups. Children with disabilities, With disabilities, sure. teens. Oh my gosh, my dream, when Raquel is older and John and I are older, I would not feel comfortable fostering a teen right now. I yeah. just feel like we're too young. I would love to foster teenagers and I don't know, 15 years or something. That is my goal. Um, That'd be awesome. Down the road. But I don't, I don't think I could handle the sass of a really, teenager right I now. I watched this really uh, cool 
YouTube family. I think they're called like Crazy Pieces or something. They're a little bit wild sometimes, but they uh, they foster only they like really only fostered sibling groups mm-hmm. and teenagers, which is great. Like I love that. <clears throat> that is not what John and I did, but <laughs> you know I think that's great. And you have to know your limits too. Yeah. Like I know that I. We're like a one, we're a one kid home. That's yeah, just I know my limits as a mom, and I know I can. That's be a, great. A good I mom. I to thought one. I was gonna be a one kid home. Other than like I have my stepson, but you know at that point he was only weekends. And then we got Aria, and I was like, okay, we have our girl all is well. And then Kobe, Kobe. was a whole lot surprised. I was like, Close okay, age, yes, Those um, bananas. It's a lot. So I know I'm a one. <laughs> we know we're a one kid household. Um. My husband works a lot, so, you know, I'm the primary parent, and it's just, it's a lot for me to have more than one kid, um, which we did for a while. We had our second foster daughter, E, and she was only six months older than Raquel, and that was a wild time. Yeah, that, that's crazy. <laughs> Middle of COVID, or like, er, pretty early COVID, and two young babies, newborn and six-month-old and John was still working like full time during COVID. He thankfully wasn't affected by COVID yeah. and like, laid off, but also I was at home like, help me! Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh a- my God. And then you can't go anywhere. Yeah, it we was trapped was in the house. Rough. That was a very rough. When Kobe came home, it was really hard. Yeah. I was like, you have all these dreams about being coming a parent too. And I think COVID really screwed up a lot of my brain chemistry by me having these expectations oh yeah like when my son came home I was like you know I want to show him to everyone and I want everyone to meet him and I want my family to know my kids and I'm not joking like it's like just kidding you'll meet him in two years yeah like I don't think (laughs) half my family still met my children because after COVID the people who really hung out with us came back and the ones who didn't right really didn't and now it's like, oh, okay, so my daughter and my son may never meet that person. Some people passed away during that time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was... It's been wild. It definitely messed up the expectations of bringing home babies. Well, and I think, too, <laughs> for people like me and you who struggled through infertility and just desperately wanted to be a parent and, like, really built up motherhood as being this magical beautiful like oh my gosh it's just gonna be amazing our husbands are just gonna like you know google eye at us as we like hold our babies and yeah no no (laughs) (laughs) that is not even close to what happened so when we brought home sweet aria we reality quickly went out the door that like motherhood and maybe it is for some moms it just was not that for me so aria just rewinding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Aria was your first placement? She was our first long term. We okay. had got a call so it took us like, I think like nine months to get a phone call which is bizarre. Yeah, we I really jumped ahead. It's okay. We, I do it all the time. Um, And so we got a call. It was a Sunday um, afternoon. We got a call and it was for a little girl. She was I believe like six months old and we went and picked her up and she was just with us until the next morning. She literally just like needed a place to stay for the night and then she went on with I think a relative or something so that was our first placement but she was just with us for not even 24 hours that's like babysitting almost yeah like yeah but we still had to go out and get her stuff yeah like for the night so um but with foster parenting too like we 
being our house open to zero to two, we had a crib. We had to have a crib. That was a requirement by the county. We had to have a car seat. So we had a car seat. We had a dresser and like books, but like that was it. So yeah, whenever you don't we get know a call, if you're going to get a boy or a girl or what's going to happen, a newborn or a like, two year old, right. yeah. So we get a call, and it's typically in our situations, all the calls have been besides Aria's. We knew about Aria a little bit in advance, but we still couldn't like nothing is final until it's final in right. foster care. Yeah. So, like, we get, like, maybe an hour or two's notice. Like, hey, can you come, you know, pick up this child? And you need to be here in an hour is basically how it goes. So yeah. you have, like, no time to prepare. As a foster parent, you, like, always have to be prepared to take a phone call and to, like, so you always have to have conversations. Like, okay, if we got a call, like, our, what are we willing to do? Yeah. Um. So with, with Aria, we got a call, like, a week before we brought her home because they thought she was going to be discharged from the hospital and she wasn't um like when we got that call so then they called us like a week later to go get her um but yeah so aria we brought her home in january of 2019 yeah um she's born in 18 yeah um and it was just again Foster parenting is so different. I was lucky enough to be able to be a stay-at-home foster mom. I am a coach at a local gym here, and I was still coaching, but very part-time. But like I said, my husband works a lot, so we brought Aria home at night, and he was at work the next morning, and I'm like, okay, here I am. I'm a mom now. I'm a brand new mom (laughs) with a baby, and I don't know her, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm young. Well, to me, I was like a teen mom. I wasn't. I'm 28 I think when she came home and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing I'm too young for this um but yeah so we that like harsh reality of parenting kicked in real fast so like this is not just like this Disney world kind of especially because I think that also the forgotten piece of foster care is that 90% of the time you're getting these children whether zero to two They've already gone through some type of trauma. 100%. And they've already, whether it was in utero mm-hmm. or in the hospital, which is medical trauma, or... They're leaving their... They're leaving their biological mother. family. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're with strangers. Yes. Like, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for our children, my children specifically, they did, they were born going through withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And... I think that the doctors really dropped the ball when it came to Aria. Kobe got a lot of very different treatment, I think, um, than Aria did when it came to weaning off of certain things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that probably was very difficult in the beginning of her coming home because mm-hmm. Kobe's case was very hard when he came home and it was very scary, especially having to stay at the hospital for as long as we did. Mm-hmm. But they kept him for a very long time, and I feel like they should have probably done that with Bug, and they definitely did not. Yeah. So when I was, guys... like, preparing you for, like, all these things, and Yeah. Like, no, that isn't what happened. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I, and when you told me all the things that you had to go through with her, I was like, okay. But they had gone through a lot of that with Kobe through at the hospital, yeah. so they were able to monitor that, and, like, 
keep him from being in pain Mm -hmm. and the things that unfortunately Arya had to experience that amount of trauma Mm -hmm. and it's not a secret so when I talk about things on here Arya will know or has already been talked to Mm -hmm. about these things in her family dynamic therapy or later on is something that I plan to discuss with her because Mm -hmm. it's very important that she knows these parts of her life 100% yeah um but unfortunately, I feel like that probably didn't help when you get this, like, okay, again, we have this dream of becoming parents and mm-hmm. having these sweet babies, and then all of a sudden we've got these babies that are having tremors and are unable to calm their bodies down and mm-hmm. aren't just, like, colicky babies, but, like, screaming, mm-hmm. and there's absolutely nothing that's going to work, and all you can do is listen to them cry sometimes mm-hmm. and then cry. Yeah. <laughs> Yourself. I, uh Yep. So, I mean, we instantly, from the first phone call that we got of Aria, like, we just immediately fell in love with her. We never saw her. So, we, you know, picked her up from the hospital and brought her home. And um, I think that was something we weren't, like, again, they teach you about it in foster care classes. But, like, I have a lot of empathy for people. And I didn't realize, like, how much bringing Aria into our home and any of our foster kids into our home, how much like it would hurt me knowing they were hurting Mm -hmm. because they weren't with their biological mom. So like when any of our girls would cry, it would like break my heart because I'm like, I know that I am not who like I am here for them and I'm caring for them and I love them with everything that I have, but I am like not, who they need and want yeah. right now, which is not, wasn't like a hard thing for me to like, like, I'm your mom. That's not at all what I was feeling. Yeah. It was just like, oh my gosh, like this, this poor baby, like this little soul. Because just... they grow in their mom for nine, nine months. months. Yeah. And like, I... regardless of whether they see them at all, regardless of whether they spent any time with them, they've, they grew in them. They mm-hmm. heard their voices. They go, they went through every trauma that their parent went through, Mm -hmm. they also went through that. They bonded with their parent in the womb. And I think that people don't think about that. They're like, oh, okay, they're bored. They're a baby. Yeah, that's that's not how it works. With fostering and adoption. Like, oh, well, at least she was a baby, so she's not going to remember. Yeah. No, she, her memory won't remember, but her body will always remember and will always feel, feel that. Yes, there's a lot of books on it, too, and... I've especially, I'm very, very grateful for the therapies that I've been able to get the kids into because I've learned a ton. I'm also very grateful that I do have a good background Background, in psychology, so I did know some of it going in and I'm able to understand it very well, Mm -hmm. but it's just so crazy how people really, really don't understand it. Mm -mm. Like, I take Aria to school and I try not to talk about it too much in front of her because I don't want her to have to to use it as a crutch later, like, hey, I have these issues and it's a crutch. I want it to be like, hey, I've got these things and here's what, here's my way of coping with these. That's how I want her to do that. I want her to cope and handle things appropriately in her way Mm -hmm. and learn her way because she's different than other people in Mm -hmm. some ways. But everyone's different. And all kids learn differently. I want her to feel the same as every other child. What I don't want, though, is for the teachers to think that my child is exactly the same as every other child because... Though I want you to treat her the same, you have to have different expectations for her in certain instances. And I don't, I hate when I hear, well, she was a baby though. Does she still remember? <laughs> and I'm like, 100%. Like, yeah. whether you know or not, like, Kobe has trauma. 
medical trauma. He has more medical trauma than Arya did. Mm-hmm. And that's because he was also delayed in his physical. He's had to go to doctors. He goes to a doctor every week. Like, mm-hmm. he's got a lot more medical trauma. He's behind. But people think, like, oh, okay, so he came to you at six months old and has no issues and no problems. He's bonded very much to you. Yes, but he's overly bonded to me. Mm-hmm. And he's overly bonded to me, which I he's love. also a trauma or Yes, though. because right. he... I was the mom, and I wasn't even there until he was six weeks old. Mm-hmm. So he had six weeks of just hanging out with no one mm-hmm. because it was COVID. There weren't enough people to cuddle with him. Mm-hmm. That was the worst thing that I've ever awful. witnessed yeah. and handled. But going there and him just, he was scoring so low, and then he scored so high just with me being there. Mm-hmm. I never let him go. Like, he is my... Right, right. Like, he, I never put him down. We, and I, I don't held blame him you. the entire time. Yeah. And, and it, he needed that, though. Yes. And, and it, all kids need that. Yes. All kids need to oh, be held. <laughs> for sure. Definitely. But, like, I never put him down. And I was just, like, I wanted him to bond with me. And it, and it worked. And it made him healthy. But that didn't go away just mm-hmm. because I was there when he was a baby. And Arya's trauma didn't just go away because she came to you as a baby. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I, I did the same thing, like, you with Kobe. I yeah. never put... Aria down and I she couldn't. needed that mm-hmm. she needed that and honestly when I think about that and like knowing you as a, who you are and seeing you as mom now and everything like I'm so grateful that you were able to do that yeah, for her you. because she is the biggest cuddle bug in the entire yeah. world she loves the cuddle for a while she did not she, that that was a very <laughs> big transition she went yeah. from being like I don't even like you that much to like oh my god I'm just gonna um, love on you all the time yeah. but it's very different, and people people don't think about it. They really, really don't. They don't no, think about they're that. Just not aware. Like they're just not educated in that yes. topic. Like we have to be. We have to know <laughs> what traumas there are. And Hearing stuff. our children <laughs> play with our husbands upstairs is a little bit terrifying for me. I'm not sure about for you, but I'm sure it's a little bit fun out there. I'm just there. glad there ha- there's no tears. So that's yeah, good. no one's screaming, crying. There's also some screaming, but. If there is crying, it's probably mine. My kids are in a very whiny stage right now. <laughs> they, they're all toddlers. They're all whiny. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, so... Um, she came home. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. Very she hard. She went through a lot. She did go through a lot. Um, you went through a lot. <laughs> she... We, she was with us for just over a year. So, you know, her first few, first like three months of life were extremely difficult. Um, but we loved her. We loved her through it. Um, we advocated for her as much as we can. Again, as a foster parent. As a parent. But especially a foster parent. Our voice, like, I am very opinionated. I am not afraid to speak up. I'm not afraid to call whoever I need to call. Um, but as a foster parent, that can be hard because you're just a foster parent yeah and um so a lot of times people don't take you seriously the agency doesn't you know like you just sometimes you get stuck going to doctors oh my gosh terrible shitty doctors oh my gosh yeah you don't get to choose doctors um in foster care which aria that was a really sensitive subject for me because I'm like her doctor sucks I want to take her somewhere else and I couldn't um but I do try to advocate as best as I can um but sometimes there's just only so much I can do like my hands are tied as a foster parent 
Um, but, but that was hard. So, um, we, how old was Aria when we got in October? So she was like nine, months, ten. nine or 10 months. October is when I got the picture. I found out about her in August. I'm not sure when you guys heard about. Her. We heard about, oh, it was September. We yeah, heard about you guys like in August September. August 30th, I think is when I got the call. Cause it was right. I think it was right before or after my birthday. My birthday's in September, but I called you for the first time on Halloween. Yeah. Um, I'll always remember that every Halloween I think about it. Um, it was Aria's first Halloween and our caseworker had told me like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We found this family. We had found out about Teresa and Mike in September, but we didn't know, like, we didn't know much about you. It was like, well, we'll see if like they passed their home study yeah. or whatever. So we don't get much information. We didn't either. Which is typical. Again, as a foster parent, you get no information. Um, they just call you and you have to, like, do what you're told. It's, it's really hard for people. Yeah. For, like, me, who are like, <laughs> um, no, I don't agree yeah, with this. I Let's talk was, about it. I also was probably one of the most annoying people they've ever met in their life. I emailed <laughs> all the time. And I honestly, I thank you because I think you gave me, like, the excuse to do it because you were like, I emailed all the time, uh, yeah. and I was like, me too. <laughs> me too, cool. Yeah, At least I'm... we're the same, because yeah. I think that our caseworker was so annoyed by me. I don't care. Like, they need like, to do You're too more. slow. <laughs> I know. Like, just run the background check. I know. Just tell me more. Like, where do these people live? Are they nice people? There's so much anxiety people? behind it. Yeah. Like, is she okay? Because, like, on our end, we're terrified. Like... You watch shows and movies and different things, and I'm not educated on foster care. I never, I hadn't really thought about it yet. Like it'd been like a conversation in passing, but it wasn't something we had thought about. Yeah. And I'm like, so I have no nothing, and all I know is what I see on like Law and Order SVU, and like, but, like it's but for real scary. though, like, the foster parent stereotype is not good. No. Which, as a foster parent, I think. Sometimes that's true. Like, the stereotypical yeah. foster parent can sometimes be true, which is awful. Yes. Even, like, still, in some of our foster parent trainings, there will be kids that come in and they, you know, are like, well, in my foster home, this happened. And you're like, how? How the hell was that person a foster parent? Like, how yeah. are some people that you see as foster parents foster parents? I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it either. But that's um, what we were, like, we were terrified yeah. because we got no information. And I don't blame you. I was, I would be terrified. <laughs> Zero. The first time I even heard, like, your name or knew, like, anything of, that you guys were a woman and a man, <laughs> to be real honest with you, was October 31st when they were like, yeah, you can, she's going to call you. And I'm yeah. like, is she okay? Yeah, the caseworker <laughs> called me. I think I think it was on Halloween. It was. And that he that I got the call. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it was. And he was like, you know, you need to you need to handle this. And I'm thinking like, how? Where's the grown up in this situation? Because <laughs> right. it's not me. I, mean, I am. I'm not doing adults. Yeah, I know. Uh, do you have like a book or something I can read from? Like, like what, what am I supposed do? to do? Like, it's my, you know, we called her our daughter. Yeah. It's my daughter's first Halloween. We weren't taking her out to go trick-or-treating because it was, like, a frigid, cold, rainy October like, day. Worst, yeah, the worst Halloween days. And I called my husband, and I was hysterical, and I'm like, I have to be responsible and do this. And sometimes I'm just like, I hate that I always have to do hard things. Like, I'm always put in situations where I have to do 
hard, uncomfortable things. I think, just kind of off of that for a second, everyone has to go through hard things, mm-hmm. but it, the great thing about the hard things is that it helps us grow for so sure. much. And I think that that one thing with me and you, and and also that it was a good experience, because yes. it, it was probably did help you later on when it came to making those types of phone calls 100% foster care has changed me in so so many ways and it's made me grow and it has but sometimes you're just like I'm sick of having like hard thing after hard thing like uh somebody else have this conversation because I don't want to do it today yes um and I was scared to death I'm just sitting next to my phone like I don't think I moved from my spot. Oh my gosh, that's so, so you funny. called. Like, well, I was and, like, okay. Like, they were like, I think maybe her husband's name is Mike, maybe. And I'm like, how do you not even how, know our yeah, names? Yeah, so like, that's like some of the, when you're working with foster care, you're like, okay, like, is her name even Therese? Like, right. what, are you sure? Like, so I remember, I think, did I send you a text first with her, or I maybe sent no, it after, you, I yeah, called you first. Yeah, we talked, and then you called, or yeah. then you sent the picture. Because I remember John was out, he was feeding Aria dinner, and I talked to you in my closet. <laughs> oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yeah. But I love that information. Pacing. I can Just literally, like pacing. I can literally see it in my head, <laughs> and I love that. Yep. Not that I love that for you, but I love that visual <laughs> for me. <laughs> I was so nervous. And I just was, like, crying all day, and then I, like, had to pull my shit together to call you and sound like a mature adult, like, hello, I am a foster mom. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do this. Well, literally, I, w- I went into Aria's room, so we had Aria's room all set up, like, obnoxiously set up. Looking back on that, I wish I could do so many things different, like, not have all those things in her room. <laughs> and, like, I was just so excited. I just mm-hmm. did everything. But... Like, I was in her room. We had a futon in there at the time because we hadn't had the crib yet. And we were just, we had a pack and play and a futon. And I was sitting on the futon and I was just like, she's going to call me any second. Yeah. And I just didn't know what to do. I was like, this is terrifying. Those are weird conversations that you're like, what is happening in my life right now? But it went so well. And like the first, I think the first couple of words were awkward and it was, it was definitely an awkward conversation, but then all of a sudden it just was like, we like connected. Yeah. And I mean, I looked you up on Facebook and Instagram and then I think you looked me up on Facebook and Instagram before we even talked. Oh, for sure. So yeah. then I looked you in had, makeup. Yeah. yeah. So then when we yeah. had the conversation, it was like, okay, I know a little bit about was you. Was my Instagram public back then? I might not have looked you up on Instagram. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I feel like. It might not have been. No, because I think once we, like, actually brought Aria home, I made it private. Yeah, you might have. I don't actually remember. Because we got in trouble for posting pictures with emojis over her face. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. everyone does that. I know. Okay. So I had to make it private. <laughs> Anyways, but yes, I looked you up, but it went really well, and I remember, like, um, I don't remember, like, our conversation much. I just remember yeah. being shaky and coming out and being like like a mama bear like who are you you're about to have might have my baby like what are we gonna do but I can't do anything about it like it's not my choice I just want to know that you're a good human being yes and I I told that to the caseworkers like I know I can't do anything about this but like they have to be like she has to go to a good home and they're like you know probably like yeah lady you don't get to decide that they're family but once we talked to you and I remember coming out and just crying and I'm like I think it's going to be okay. And for our family, 
like, again, my my whole outlook on foster care has completely changed. Yeah. Because of you guys, like, and because of Arya leaving, and, um, but even in the process of knowing, like, Arya is going to have to leave our care after we did, we thought we were going to adopt her. Yeah. Um, it was a huge heartbreak. It was terrifying. Um, and I think the caseworkers letting us kind of dictate how it went was so helpful. It really was. I was very impressed with that portion of it because I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't Because I, like, we wanted it to go smoothly and I was, like, I, obviously we were, like, wanting her home. Like, we wanted her home. And then when they said, like, well, we talked to her foster parents and we think it would be easier to have a slow transition. And, like, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Whatever we have to do to make sure that Ario's okay. And then, but we had, we talked about that before me and you even had a conversation. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, we just want her here. Like, why are we going to wait? Like, I don't want to wait. Like, it's almost Thanksgiving. Like, bring my baby home before but that's another huge trauma then to rip yes, her from her exactly. And I, I obviously don't know anything about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's experiencing trauma here. Right. So I'm totally like, valid. I want to make sure that she's somewhere safe for the holidays. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what's gonna happen. And then meeting you and knowing you, and then your idea of that transition mm-hmm. made so much sense to me then, and I was completely comfortable with it after our talk, not after our conversation, but after meeting, meeting you. Yeah. And, like, having the conversation, it was definitely scary and nerve-wracking, but I was really happy when we left, and I felt really good, and I knew that she was safe, and that mm-hmm. wasn't a concern anymore, and it, it would be, that whole journey was very stressful. It was the most stressful thing I've ever gone through in my life for both the kids, but that part took a, such a huge weight off of me and I yeah. was able to breathe just like the littlest bit more because I was like these are not terrible people yeah she is safe well and when and leaving and going three hours away no, and like such a drive. oh my god it was like, such a pain in the butt I, like for you like for you guys to travel back and, and also emotionally somewhere. I'm like there's like what if something happens like I'm not even there and then knowing that I knew she was safe with you guys was just such a nice feeling well and a huge thing for me I I can't remember the timeline it was probably like two months maybe I don't know a month and a half two months like the transition we kind of it started like we started visiting in November and I think we started having her visit in December I remember having because the Christmas tree up yeah because my so this is when I knew everything was gonna be okay Mm -hmm. because my brother was in the car accident and he wrecked or my gosh all the names um Aria was with you guys. I love that I sound. It's really making me happy. I need to text John and be like, take pictures while they're out there. I love that our kids are playing. I love hearing them playing and laughing up there. Um, but when Jacob was in that accident and I was like, what are we going to do about Aria? She was supposed to come home that afternoon. Um, and she did. I mean, I was like, no, just go get her. Like, I don't know. We didn't know my brother was yeah. going to die that day. But, um, but like, I remember feeling like maybe we should just keep Aria with Teresa and Mike for this week. And the fact that, like, I felt okay being like, she's okay to be with Mike and Teresa was huge for right. me. And 
part of me wishes we would have done that because I was in such a like grieving state like I felt horrible like I wasn't able to be present anywhere yeah. really which um, is completely valid and totally okay and my mother-in-law <laughs> came and was great but I would just remember thinking like I think about that all the time that I was like she's okay to be with my countries I was more like what's the county gonna think because I'm yeah. a, a rule follower and they didn't approve that and you have to have everything approved and that yeah. wasn't on the approved schedule um but that was huge for me so, like, I knew then once she left, obviously, no matter what had happened, it would have been hard to say goodbye to her. Oh, Aria. yeah. But after losing my brother, and then, like, a few weeks later, having to say goodbye Literally to Aria. only a few weeks later. Too. Yeah, it was so hard. But I had so much peace, and I think John did, too. Like, we met you guys. We've gotten to know you so well. We had connected immediately. And we talked all of the time. We FaceTimed a lot. Um, and then Aria left. And then we were like, maybe, you know, you're like, well, I'm like, we need to give them space if they want space. And we, so we went from like talking every day. But it didn't last very long. Was it like no. two days or Yeah, something? like it wasn't long at all. But Aria left and we're like, okay, she's gone. And then I'm like, and I'm not talking to her. And Therese. I messaged you and I was like, I don't know if this is weird, but it's weird because I, I think I like you now. And also <laughs> because we talked Every single day, yeah. and I'm like, something's missing in my life, and it's talking to Ashley. I know, like, that, it was so <laughs> it's weird. It's so funny how it worked, though, but, like, I love it, because I think, again, and weirdly, like, you and I have a lot in common. So much. Like, we both had fertility issues, mm-hmm. we both had to deal with the Aria stuff, mm-hmm. and then But we, even, like, our anniversaries yes, are... are very, very close. Yeah, like, which is weird. We're all know. very, like, we're all close in age. Uh-huh. We have, we both had to have hysterectomies. Yeah. The both, same time last year. Literally. Oh, we're okay. both having, uh, hot flashes now. <laughs> We're, we're a mess. <laughs> and but now we're, we're both toddler moms. It's yeah. super fun. <laughs> My gosh. But Our we lives. really do. We have a lot in common. And so we really did become friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I really cherish our friendship specifically because I don't have anyone else who understands Mm -hmm. my journey or what I'm going through. Everyone else looking in at me is just like, oh, you're a mom. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm not just a mom. Like, I was a kin... I'm a kinship mom. And that's very different in some ways. Like, in some ways, it's totally the same. But in other ways, it's like, I have a lot of things and a lot of responsibilities that I have to now dictate with my kids and talk to with my children. And there's a lot. Mm -hmm. And... It's scary, but knowing that I have someone like you that I can be like, hey, or, like, I'm going through it first. So, like, when we were talking the other day about me and Aria talking about where she came from, because she's really, her teacher is pregnant, so she's been, like, all about babies babies and where they come from. She loves hearing her story, Mm -hmm. and I'm very blunt with her. I'm very honest. I tell her everything, and we call it bad chemicals, like, things like that, and Mm -hmm. she, she understands, and it's really nice to know that I can tell you those things and ask you to talk to her later mm-hmm. on and be like, she, I'm sure she would love to hear, she loves to talk about herself, as yeah. do I. Yeah, I know. So, very relatable. <laughs> She's I'm an amazing very... person, let me tell you all about myself. <laughs> I'm pretty awesome. And so is she, so she uh-huh. loves to talk about herself, yeah. but 
I think it, it's very nice having you as, like, a, that support that I can be like, hey, like, this is going on. Or even for you to, like, see what I'm talking to Aria about and be like, hey, like, can I ask you what you're at? Like, what you're talking about? Because this is something that you're going to have to do as well. Yeah. Have these hard conversations mm-hmm. that make you really nervous because mm-hmm. like are they gonna like me less for this or are they gonna be sad or they yeah. like I, there's a I, lot of feelings our children hurting is the hardest thing yeah. but all we can do is just continue to love them through mm-hmm. that and just all their keep, feelings yeah just keep doing it mm-hmm. that's really all we can do through this crazy journey but i'm just really yeah. glad that i have you with yeah. me i agree <laughs> i'm so happy i really love that and now we're here and we're friends, and you get to see Aria a lot, and we, Marco Polo, mm-hmm. <laughs> we talk to each other on video calls all the time, mm-hmm. and we, I send you random photos of her, and I want you to be a part of her life forever, yeah, I never ever want you to not be, and though that's not something that happens a lot in foster care, I'm really glad that that's what happened yeah. with us. Me too, and I just try and advocate for that so much, oh, and yeah. tell other people, like, Unfortunately, with our second foster daughter, E, we don't have that contact. And I tried so hard to have that with her family. And the agency just, like I said, they don't advocate for that. They don't make it easy. And I think, especially for Aria, I think she's just going to have so much more success in understanding her story and everything because she will have John and I to talk to also. And because we're able to provide her with, like, Here's all the pictures we took of you. Here's a baby picture. Oh my gosh, and that's literally the number one best thing, and I think something that everyone should hear as well is that you gave us all those photo albums mm-hmm. of her as a baby, and you sent me all the Google photos, so yeah. I get your guys' memories on my timeline, which all I love. One billion pictures we took the first year of her <laughs> like, life. Like I love it so much, though. It's like I go through and it, and it's fun to see like what I was doing then uh-huh. versus what she was doing. Like yeah. that's oh, a yeah. really weird thing because I was going through my fertility journey while she at, was while she was being like born. Like that yeah. was my yeah. that was like my whole life. And then she was born and that was literally the time that I stopped. Mm-hmm. And so like watching where I was at on my journey and then oh, seeing cool. where Aria was in you, with you guys is yeah. so awesome. It's so crazy. And then yeah. when I look up at the memories, Aria loves to look and sit and she's like, where's that? I'm like, that's when you were with Ashley and John. And she's like, oh, that Rocky's house? Because you know it's Rocky's house. Yeah. It's not your house. <laughs> no. uh, well, she does run the place, so <laughs> whatever. It is her house. <laughs> We just pay the bills for. But I love that. That's probably one of the best gifts you could have ever yeah, given us were well, all her baby pictures because I never have to worry that either of my children are going to have those pictures when they mm-hmm. go to school. And teachers who aren't all aren't very educated, unfortunately, yeah. because people don't think about the difference in family dynamics, they'll be like, can you bring a baby picture in? And there are some kids who just don't have those. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and it's very sad, but I am very happy that my kids won't have to be one of yeah. those kids. Yeah, yeah. And that was, it was therapeutic for me to do also. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but I love, I was very happy. But I just think for her success in the future, like, and it's not just like, oh, John and I are just whatever. Like, any foster kid should be able to have access to who they grew up with yeah or who had them at certain points if they're safe yes um i thought that was gonna be tears it sounded (laughs) rough um but i just think and like you had said like as a kinship parent 
You got zero. I didn't get anything. Education, <laughs> zero. Nothing. Training. And thankfully you have the background that you do because a lot, most kinship parents don't yeah. and they just assume, well, I am family. They're going to be fine. <sighs> yeah. And Everybody learn about trauma. Oh my gosh, oh my I'm just so gosh. passionate. About I think it. that we should plan another podcast and really dive All about into that trauma. Oh yes, my gosh. because I'm I think so that I think that we could really number one give a lot of experiences that we've had and that we're going through with our children, and that again we're very open with our kids. They're gonna know their whole story, which again every adoptee should know their yes. story. Everybody <laughs> from a young should. age. Like everyone, Don't like Arya, <laughs> Arya will always know that she came from her mother or mm-hmm. her biological mother, and that she lived with Ashley and John. And um, we don't call her bio mom mom. We don't do that. That isn't something we do in our house. Um, we do call her by her first name. Mm-hmm. Um, but later on, obviously, she will understand that, and that is something we'll talk about, yeah. but right now, it it's, to be age appropriate. it's just not age-appropriate, right. because I am mom. Right. She only knows me currently as mom, and it doesn't make sense in her little brain to mm-hmm. decipher the two yet. But eventually, that will be a conversation that we have also. Mm-hmm. And Kobe's starting to have the conversations, but I'm gonna be real honest with you, boys mature much slower than girls, and mm-hmm. I'm Kobe has... Kobe only cares about dinosaurs and Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> he does Which not is fine. care. Which is he totally does, fine. Doesn't care about any of that uh, stuff. Yeah. Not yet. But I really am glad that we got to do this. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely want to do this again. Mm-hmm. Um, I want. We talked about a lot of hard truths. Is there anything that we didn't bring up um, <laughs> that that you wanted to discuss uh, when it comes to foster care before we? Um, before I ask the last question about just parenting in general, but I'll always be an advocate for foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're going to be a foster parent, like I said, my outlook totally changed. I am very pro reunification now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're going in it like I did thinking we're just going to adopt and it's going to be amazing. Don't foster or do a lot of research on trauma and join like Facebook groups and listen to adult adoptees and stuff like that because there is such a need for foster parents. And like I said in the beginning for sibling groups and older kids, but foster care is just, it's not about adoption and you have to, my, my biggest thing too is you have to love the whole family. Like you can't just bring in a child and love that child only Every, all of my girls, I have this deep love for their biological parents. Some of them I've met, some of them I've never met, but I still have like a deep love for them and I worry about them and I think about them and if I can help them, I do. I just think like, you know, when we brought, like say Aria, I'm like, I am a mom to Aria right now because her mom couldn't be. And I have a huge, like my heart breaks for her but also I get to be this this person in Arya's life right now. And you just have to, like, respect them. No matter what decisions they've made, like, I had, I learned this a lot through foster parenting, too, like, in learning about trauma. These parents have their own traumas and right. issues, and they maybe never got that person in their life who helped them or loved them or whatever. So 
I just am very big and like loving the whole family. Oh yeah, and you have and to make sure that you're choosing your words carefully too because your children are listening to everything you're saying. So yes. if you are talking poorly about their biological parents, that's a part of them. Mm-hmm. That is who they are in some sense. Like yes, you're raising them, but they've got that that nature part of them mm-hmm. too. Like that's that's, that's a big people. that's their yeah, that's yeah. who they are. That's their blood. And I never, I don't really talk a lot about their biological mom right now because I think it's confusing. Yeah. But Aria, when I did do discuss her, like, birth story and coming here and all that stuff, the other day she did tell me, she was like, um, um, the other day, though, I think it was really nice because, um, I do pay attention to what I'm saying with Aria, and so she did tell me the other day just randomly, she's like, um, I hope that blank is off of bad bad chemicals. Yeah. I hope she's happy. Aww. And I'm like, I think she I think that she might be happy. I was like, all we can do is hope the best for her. Yeah. That's and great. so like that's what we like we have that conversation. Or like, um, a couple of days later from that conversation she was like, I think I was really happy in her belly. Oh. And I was like, I Probably hope so. Were, yeah. I was like, I really hope so. I was like, I really think that you we're probably very happy in there. And, like, so she definitely hears the conversation. And now that she's mm-hmm. four and she is starting to be more mature and understand a lot more, she is starting to hear everything I'm saying and she is mm-hmm. taking it in. And she's taking she's taking days to analyze those things in her <laughs> noggin and then come up with responses later on. Like, hey, do you think this is getting better? Do you think this is better? And what do you think about this? And mm-hmm. it's very weird. Because number one, just like a year ago, she could barely talk and right, understand and you're like, anything. Gosh, you're so smart, and, you're and I'm like, when I'll probably never have to worry about this. <laughs> <laughs> it won't happen for years. And then now it's like every day. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's like she's really learning a lot about herself. But we're very honest. Mm-hmm. But also, in being honest, you don't have to be mean. mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you shouldn't be. She should develop her own feelings. On her own. Yes. Here are the facts. You can feel about it how you would like to feel about yes. it. Yes, and yeah. I do know. Like, I do know because um, Aria's biological parents, I know that they cared. I, I know that. Like, I know that they cared. Mm-hmm. And I also know that they knew that they weren't able to do it. Mm-hmm. And that is something that my children will know. Mm-hmm. Like, I they I will never tell them they right. didn't care. Yeah. Because I don't think that that's true. I've either. heard a lot of things from the guardian and all those things and i've heard and i've listened to many things and i know that they cared yeah and i know that this is probably something they still think about i know that there's no way they're not thinking about it so i'm never going to allow my kids to think poorly yeah in a way unless that's an opinion that they come on to their selves yeah they have to figure that out and i will always help them through that because it's very important and that's important to navigate Oh my gosh, as an adult, it's hard to navigate. Yeah. Like, and it's, and I still don't know how I'm going to navigate it all the way, but I'm gonna. Yeah, get through it. (laughs) We're going to get there. It's a lot. It's a lot to navigate. Um, Did you have anything else that you wanted to say about foster care? Did you want to? No. Okay, so our last thing that I wanted to ask was every time, every episode I talk about parenting and how hard it is and how important it is to know as a parent that these things are normal and it's okay to be overwhelmed, I think the reason that I started this podcast to begin with was because I had wanted to be a mom for so long. And when I became a mom, it was really fucking hard. Mm -hmm. 
and I cried a lot, mm-hmm. and there were days where I not didn't want to not be a mom, but maybe just not mom that day. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to go away yeah. and like mm-hmm. and have a break, and I felt so incredibly sickly guilty about that mm-hmm. because number one, I prayed for my kids so hard, mm-hmm. and people around me also unintentionally made me feel guilty because they were like, "Well, you, you wanted for. this." Mm-hmm. You wanted this so bad, and I'm like, I still want it. Mm-hmm. I just want a break. <laughs> or smoke. like, a lot. or like, did you guys realize that like just because I became a mom the way I did, like I'm still a mom. Like mm-hmm. other moms drink like a bottle of wine a night, or yeah. like smoke a bunch of pot. Like what? I just want to know what to do to make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just I'm just scared and mm-hmm. nervous and overwhelmed, and my kids have special needs and they have things that they're working on, and I have things I'm working on, and how do I not feel guilty? So I decided to make this podcast because I was like, if your house is a mess, fuck it, it's mm-hmm. a mess. Mm-hmm. If your if your car is a hot wreck, okay. Like mm-hmm. if you if your kids are you know acting a fool and you have to go in your room for twenty minutes and just breathe, that's fine. Like I want to normalize that part of parenting. Mm-hmm. So I, do you have anything that you didn't really realize would be this hard? but you think other people should kind of know or anything that made you feel guilty and then all of a sudden you were like, you know what, I'm going to work on that for myself. I think asking for help was a huge thing yeah. that I I wanted to be like, I'm a badass, I've got this. Well, this you is, are, but... Well, thank you. <laughs> I am. But I think I finally learned to ask for help when I was, when we had E and Rocky and they were both newborns. I asked for help. Didn't really get it. Yes. Um, I understand that as well. But also it was COVID. Like it just, you know, I was drowning. And I think that is when I kind of realized um, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's okay to, like you said, have your house be a wreck. Things are going to have to go by the wayside. You're going to cry. I feel like before I became a mom to two, and that's when I realized, like, I'm a good mom to one. And You, you know, were a whatever. great mom to two. Well, but I, I you was, feel but your, a lot. You feel like your best self with one, and that's yes. okay. Um, but asking for help was a big thing, and I think so many moms feel like they can't ask for help. Yes, I think that every, uh, probably every mom has gone through a moment where they're like, well, I've got this, i got it handled. Whether it's asking for help from even just your husband. Yeah. Like, you're just... We get so stubborn. Like, we feel like we have to do it all. But ask for help. Um, I have definitely learned, like, you know what? If I need help with John folding laundry, I hate how he does it. It's not to my standard at all. And he's going to fold the towels. Like, I'm like, help. How did you... That is not how you fold a towel. But fine. It's done. Like, I don't care. And I'm like, I, you need to do this. Or asking somebody to come over. Um, that's been a huge thing that I've had to learn. Um, also, I never understood how moms could run on lack of sleep. I remember before I became a mom asking one of my best friends, like, how do you do it? Like, how are you just tired? Like, I could not comprehend lack of sleep, but it is real. Oh, gosh, yes. And it happens not just at newborn stage, and I think that people don't talk about that enough yes. because my children didn't sleep for two straight weeks like two weeks yeah. ago. Rocky loves to be up randomly at 3 a.m. for the day or yeah. you know from 3 to 5 and 
you know, because we brought home Aria as a newborn four years ago, and then we had, you know, E and then R. Yeah, we have, have you not... slept at all for four years? No, I have, can't even tell you, like, the last, it's been since You've before just had Aria. newborns for four years. Yes. My gosh, I mean, thankfully Rocky's two and a half now, but yeah. she still is not a great sleeper, so we don't sleep through the night. I feel like I sleep worse now as a toddler mom well then i slept as a newborn i feel like that too only because my children i don't is rocky out of her crib yet no so maybe don't (laughs) aria and kobe are both out of their cribs and they can open their doors and they can go to the potty by themselves and i'll wake up and like they'll have had hot cheetos for breakfast from dom's from dom's hot cheeto stash and i'll have hot cheeto prints all over my bathroom Mm -hmm. and see like my purple shampoo because I dyed my hair blonde, oh, my purple shampoo like, is just all <laughs> like all over the bathroom, and I'm like, "How did I not hear you? How did I not hear them?" Because I've been having three hours of sleep for yeah. the last two weeks. That's a tough one. <laughs> Ugh. But also, I've learned to I've I feel like I've never really I have I mean I care about what people think of me, but I also have embraced that my kids are different yes and going out in public like I don't care what anybody thinks about us in public if my kid is yelling or running or if I'm just acting like a complete idiot to make my kid happy or if I'm opening a box of Cheez-Its and you know the grocery store so whatever I just I do not care what people think of us out in public to make my kids happy and for us to get through the experience or whatever like I think oh yeah so many moms and parents think like we have to like and that come that will come there will come a time where your child will comprehend what's expected of them in because expectations are important obviously mm-hmm. but that comes with maturity yeah when they're young and they don't know how to do it yes we're going to give them coping skills but we're not going to do that in the middle of target yeah like if my kid wanted to eat something and they're throwing a huge tantrum and i can get them to stop with some cheez it's and we can get out of the store and then maybe have a conversation about it later when it happens again at home yeah. because it will doesn't just happen at target right then we're going to do that we're not going to sit down and have that strict talk in the middle of our family day or in the middle of whatever like kids make have hard days and they have hard moments and I don't need to be judged by Mm -hmm. Tina Sue down the street I don't care about her Mm -hmm. I literally don't care she don't have to go in my car and deal with the 25 minute screaming that I'm gonna have to deal with on my way home because my kid didn't get the cheeses that they wanted right sometimes it's just easier like let's make everybody happy and no of course we're not spoiling them if that's the word i hate that word but like oh well i think i spoil rocky <laughs> in that way i'm like sure whatever to not have a tantrum oh my gosh please i'm so scared of you here <laughs> so, okay toddlers are scary they are. <laughs> so i get that <sighs> but i do think like it comes with time and yeah. there are everyone has a different level of patience and you have to know how you can get through your patience. Mm-hmm. So if like for me, I have like a sickly amount of patience. Me too. Like it's weird how much that patience I have. I never thought I would have. I never. Oh, I've known I've had it, but that I've also, oh. I've worked with children for like my whole life. And, but I have an, an insane amount of patience. Mm-hmm. Like Aria and Kobe can scream for 45 minutes in the back of mm-hmm. my car. I will just like today, 
Kobe had a moment, and I just kept her. He kept saying, "Mommy, mommy," and his new thing is that if I say, "What do you want?" He's like, "No." I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what you want. I can't read your mind. So I literally have been just responding like, yes, what would you like? And then if he says no, I just ignore him and I continue going. But there are people who can't do that. So in that moment, if you can figure out and read your kid's mind, cool beans. Or if you're at Target and you think Cheez-Its are going to make them be able to do that so that you don't lose your cool Mm -hmm. or so that you don't have, like, you have to focus on you too. The way you parent has to be double-sided you have to be able to parent in a way that is functional for you Mm -hmm. that makes your mental health okay but also that isn't ruining your child's mental health as well and embarrassing them in public Mm -mm. is not going to be good for their mental health no and we're at a point right now where i like taking rocky grocery shopping yeah yeah that's i don't i really try hard to avoid that yeah that's Um, hard she has to be in the cart because she is a runner but she won't sit in, like, the sit part. She has to be in the big part. That's how Arya is. She needs the space to move her body around. Yes. And help me stack everything. Well, we're not there yet. <laughs> we we are not helping stacking. We are... Arya has OCD. I'm 90% sure. She might have got that from you. Well... <laughs> but honestly, thanks. Because at least one of my kids is really neat. <laughs> well, Rocky is two and a half... What? Two and a half years younger? So we went to the grocery store the other day. I just needed, like, some frozen veggies and fruit. Every, every time I'd put something in the cart, she'd take it and throw it out. And oh, like, no. I just need, like, four things. And she'd be like, no. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> Throwing her boots out. And I'm like, just let me get through. So I'm, like, holding my frozen veggies in my arm, pushing, pushing her in the cart. Cards. I can't handle that. <laughs> I'm like, oh my this gosh. is why I just go when she's at school. Like, I really love that, though. <laughs> I will, yeah, I would go when she's in school, too. I order a lot of groceries. And I try not to now because inflation is, like, insane, and I can't afford it, but I feel like I spend less money now doing it that way, because when I take Aria and Kobe into a store, number one, they expect something every time, and I can blame my husband for that, because every time he takes them, they get a car, or a ball, or a car, and a ball, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and anything they want to eat for snack that day, and so, like, I end up spending, like, 40 extra dollars at the store, so it is cheaper, but no, grocery shopping's terrible with children. We did Instacart for years. Yeah, that's all I do right Mm -hmm. now is Instacart. There's, like, a couple of things I'll send, or I'll send Mike. Yeah. I'm like, you can go, here's a list. Please stay on it with my angry eyes. Yeah. So they actually <laughs> stay on time it. while you. <laughs> but no, I did Instacart for a long time. But now I'm like, oh, I need you know, I have to take her to the grocery store. I know it's just gonna be a, a thing. But again, like as a, which always sounds weird. Like as a mom of three, which I only have one kid in my home. But like, I'm on my, you know. Oh yeah, you you've had three children. Yeah, I've parented three kids, but. Rocky is my first toddler. Yeah. So I'm like a new toddler mom, and it is wild. Toddlers so are So I'm a new wild. toddler mom. Well, not anymore. I'm kind of a vet toddler mom a little bit now because mm-hmm. my kids are getting older. I got a three, almost three, very close to three, and four-year-old. Mm-hmm. But um, I had to become a new toddler mom at the same exact time Yeah. with two Two of them, yeah. At the same time, you got time. thrown in at a really oh, it was wild a, time. It was a fun time. Mm-hmm. It was very, very interesting. Stressful. I think uh, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world because I feel like Arya. 
I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but when she was six months old, like, or not six months old, when she was with us for six months, she really didn't hug us a lot or anything at first. She was really just kind of, like, standoffish, and, like, she needed me a lot, and she wanted me, but she didn't love Mike that much yet. Like, she, yeah. we, she was still getting used to us. Mm-hmm. And then one day... Like, we obviously, we loved her when we got the phone call. She yeah. had to, like, love, she had to learn to love us. And that's, yeah. like, something you don't think about. Like, right. she's not just going to come into your house loving you. Right. And I, one day, like, six months in, she just walked over and gave me, like, the biggest hug. Aww. And I just bawled Aww. my eyes out. Yeah. And I told Mike, I was like, I think she really loves us now. Aww. I'm pretty sure she does. Yeah. Like, and it was, like, the craziest thing. But I'm just so happy that it happened in every way that it did becoming a toddler mom in one second becoming an infant mom again (laughs) in one second and all of those things just like at the same time in the beginning of covid that's i feel like the hardest thing too is like okay here's all this and then everybody's like and then no one's responding to you either because they're busy with covid stuff so you're like oh okay so this is gonna take quadruple the time Mm -hmm. and it already takes a million years yeah for everything to happen but it happened Mm mm-hmm it was good. Did good. We made it through You're it. Coming out on the other end. Hey, look I at feel us. like I feel like things are starting yeah. to finally be like, okay, we can breathe. Aside We've from got like, this. well, maybe we can't though because our noses are all stuffed up because our kids. <laughs> well, we're sick constantly. <laughs> so we're we're mouth breathing like crazy. <laughs> My mouth is really dry. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel. But like... I really love this, and I'm really glad we got to do this, and yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and being willing to be like open Anytime. and do it i had fun i did too and i'm really happy so thanks for listening guys we're gonna stop now before we make this a seven and a half hour episode (laughs) and (laughs) we love you guys i adore you i hope you guys have a decent day today and every day and we'll talk soon bye Hello, thank you for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget you can email me at gmombwords at gmail.com. You can also find me on TikTok at goodmombadwords. You can also find me on Facebook at goodmombadwords the podcast and on Instagram at goodmombadwords underscore the underscore podcast. Thank you again for listening and as always I hope you have a decent day today and every day.